but I sound happy and awake today when I say hello. Last last week we did 50 versions of Welcome to Bianpod, and then you put the one version that I sounded really grumpy and asleep. But that was because we'd already done 50, and I thought, he's just going to start again. Well, you started, look, well, all the other versions you did, you said, hello. It was like the stupid voice, and I thought that might be off-putting to new people. I don't do that. So... Paul Rose himself is saying that stupid voices might be off-putting Well, it sounded like a sarcastic voice. Oh, hello. The one that you left in was even worse because I sounded like, oh, yeah, hi. Yeah, but it was the most natural. Oh, it's you. Oh, yeah, hi. Is that how I said It was the most natural. Well, oh, yeah, you again, huh? Well, I'd rather that than the first time I'm tuning into a podcast, someone go, oh, hello. Yeah. Don't do that. You're listening to Beampod, the brilliant podcast. I'm Paul Rose and I'm here with my dear wife, Sanya. She has the same surname as me. We're married. (laughs) (laughs) What's the cat doing? She's trying to escape. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no, she's all right now. Maybe she thought we were arguing. We're not arguing. It's she's play. back. She's like, okay. It's love play. I can't play. handle an unharmonious atmosphere. Uh, so this is the week after the podcast the before. Uh, what is it? The morning after the night before. The, this is the podcast after the podcast before. Yes. The big podcast. A lot of new yes. listeners. Yes. That was a great interview, Paul. That Thanks. was absolutely fantastic. You've listened to it now. Well, you, you know, a lot of people have said, oh, well done, Paul. And really, it it's was well, It's well done, Lucy. Yeah, yeah, she did all the work. Yeah. She just, you know, it was just like taking or turning on the tap and just letting her go. Yeah, <laughs> really. but she was so honest and down to earth and grounded and open and unguarded. Yeah. And it's clear it's people have responded to that because, yeah, the, I've said this so many times, people can can tell when someone's not being real or true and Lucy really is. And so when she still talks about the new album, as she did at length, yes. uh, it was like, I believe it. Yeah, <laughs> and I like that she was saying, uh, this is Lucy the fan talking, yeah. not Lucy the manager. Yeah. Because even more so than her passion for the album came across. Yeah, it really did. Uh, I, I genuinely would love to get her back on again sometime because I think, weirdly, she sort of fits with Bianpo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know what my dream is? You know we said we were going to do Neverland the Buzzcocks. Yeah. I'd love a team made up of all the guests we've had on so far. So Fraser, Anshaw, Lucy. Oh, brilliant. Uh, <laughs> John Arneson would be interesting. No, I don't think we could have him and Lucy on a team. But I thought that would be great. Versus our mates team. I was going to say versus the band. No, well, fans team. I just yes. thought that would be great for our Christmas special. That would be amazing. It would be a logistical nightmare. Yeah, to record it would be quite... Um, unless you could get them all in the same room together. It would have to be done on Zoom, wouldn't it? I've seen that our cat's full of seeds on the side and I'm trying so hard to ignore it. You heard it here first, everyone. Our cat is ripe with seeds. <laughs> <laughs> Beampon, our cat is, is about to disgorge, disgorge its spores, <laughs> which is, I believe, how cats reproduce. <laughs> You're making her fur twitch. Good. We're talking oh, about her. Big cloud of spores erupts oh, from her. Oh, don't. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Already the seeds are hard enough to look at because they're a cluster. Cat spores. So, um... What's been happening since since uh, that podcast went out is uh, well the big thing is is the album cover reveal. Exciting! 
exciting. Uh, what I'll say about it, mm. I'm not going to say my opinion yet. I will sort of say all our miserable mates in our Meridian friend group hate it. No, they can't all hate it. They do seem to. All of them. They seem to all hate it. Well, I don't know about, oh, guys. about Rich. Rich, I don't think does, because he's just lovely and loves everything. Uh, and But yeah, Mark, Nick. No. Even Anthony was posting up sarcastic <laughs> pictures of like other things that look like it. I missed all that. Yeah. Oh, I missed all of that. They're not... Um, they're not fans of Marillion's T-shirt artwork, are they? Oh, uh, yeah, that's this, true. This is a long-running Except discussion. for the Brave T-shirt. Yeah. That's a great T-shirt. Well, what the one that is literally just the, the album cover. The cover of Brave, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was another nice one that I had. They're hit and miss. I, I'm going to say it now. Some Marillion uh, T-shirts are hit and miss. I love my Marillion uncle as fuck. Yeah, that's your favourite T-shirt. Uh I wouldn't say it's my favourite T-shirt. Oh, isn't it? I thought it was. It's my favourite No, your favourite T-shirt is probably either Lettuce, The Taste of Sadness, or, or the one that just says <laughs> well, The Expert on you know, it. Which aren't anything to do with... With Marillion. But I, I think Marillion on Call This Fuck is one of your favourite T-shirts. Yeah. Uh, it also fits nicely. I'm trying to think. I've, I've owned very few Marillion T-shirts in my life. Very few. I can probably count them on one hand. Genuinely. Oh. Oh. I've Aww. got the brave one. None of them fit me anymore. Um, it says sky above the rain. It's like a blue, like... Is it Neverland with the... Blue one? With the, is it sky above the rain? I think I thought, I thought it was a Neverland one with the the, the sort of stars or the... I've got dust, that one. Yes, I've got yeah. that one, which I think I've given to one of my kids because it doesn't fit me. No. <laughs> Someone needs to go on a diet. Oh, don't we all? Um, and I've got like a turquoisey one. Okay. No, a teal, a teal kind. No, no, it's fine. Okay, yeah, we need don't need to try and figure it all an out. <laughs> you probably own more than I have. Is the, is is the point? I we're can't making. even think of any that you own apart from the Marillion. Well, I don't part. anymore. I've got no. I've got one of the the, the baseball one. The... Oh, misplaced childhood. No. Well, yeah, I do. Yeah, have that's that one, one of your favourites. It doesn't fit me anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a baseball one that's got the Meridian logo, or a Meridian logo on the front, but it's got sort of, it's like a, it's grey with blue sleeve. Honestly, if oh, we, that's if, a nice wait a one. If we haven't lost listeners <laughs> by now, we're going to imminently. If we don't stop this really, We've got to stop this really conversation. boring conversation. <laughs> Hey, listeners, why don't you write in and tell us about which T-shirts you own? Don't. I really don't. I'm not One thing. Doing, wait, don't, wait. Do, don't we, do what Sanya said. No, do, because I, I love hearing stuff no. like that. But one piece of merch that we do have to bring up is you used to own a fleece, a Marillion fleece, yeah. which you loved more than life itself. Yeah. And then it broke and they've never sold it well, again. It the zip broke, which we probably could have got fixed. Yeah, the giant, it was a giant fleece. It was, I just, it was like, well, there was one night, uh, one of the Butlins Meridian weekends, Anthony had gone back early and I was sleeping on an airbed that needed blowing up every night and it had like one of those electric pumps. Oh, yeah. And I didn't. I can imagine you not wanting to do that. That's like too much effort. (laughs) That one step of turning the electric pump on. No, it wasn't that. I didn't want to wake them up. But why didn't I have my bedding? Maybe my bedding was in one of their rooms or something. 
Anyway, I didn't have bedding, so I slept on the floor in the fleece. Oh, Paul, Um, no. But I had had, uh, some of those hand warmers. You know, you pop the packet and you expose them to air or whatever. And Hmm. Anyway, I woke up in the middle of the night thinking I was having a heart attack, genuinely, because I was just burning on my chest. And what I'd done to keep warm is I'd shoved these hand warmers up up my fleece. (laughs) They were burning my chest. You're like Bear Uh, Grylls. Yeah, well, not really, am I? <laughs> not really. Survivalist. Anyway. Meridian Weekend Survivalist. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, we were talking about the album cover. Yes. Yes, what do you think of it? Well, I, I think it's all right. I mean, look, we're a long way from Mark Wilkinson days, which you would probably say is a good thing. Teenage daughter has just woken up, by the way. <laughs> no, she literally. Like, she literally waited for us to start recording to wake up. Yeah. It's not even early, by the way, everyone. It's it's lunchtime that we're recording this. <laughs> it's teenage daughter morning, early morning. Yeah, she waits. I swear to God, they wait. And then they just start, I don't know, chopping wood <laughs> in yeah. their bedroom. Uh, the, yeah. The thing that faces any band these days is you have to make artwork that's immediately striking. As a thumbnail. As a thumbnail on Spotify and Apple Music. Mm. You've got to do that. And, you know, we've gone even beyond the era when you had to think about, oh, CD sleeves, where artwork had to be easily read on a CD sleeve. Because, you know, when we went from, right. you know, we Album went from co- vinyl yeah. yes. to CD and now it's even smaller. Yes. So... That's the challenge. And you kind of look at, you look at sort of any Meridian album cover since, well, Brave was probably the first one that sort of, that was clearly designed for the CD era. Mm. Afraid of Sunlight, again, simple striking image. Mm-hmm. It was after that, this strange image, just, well, yeah, just horrible brown mess. Uh, Meridian.com. Meridian.com. Quite a good cover. Really? Yeah, I like okay, it. I don't like it. Dot com. Anaphobia again, clearly for the CD era. Yes. Uh, Marbles, yeah, works brilliantly. That's, Marbles is iconic as it's well. It's iconic and striking. Uh, one of their best covers, I think. Yeah, I think it one. is. It's up there with Brave. Maybe, maybe they should do all their covers with faces on them. Faces work because there's something psychological, isn't there? About I, th- I think people are drawn to make look a at connection. Faces. Yeah. yeah. I think there is some, uh, anyway, but whatever, I'm really not doing that anymore. <laughs> but you look at sounds that can't be made. You had that weird ear thing. I thought that worked. Yeah. I, lo- I mean, I have to say, I do like the abstract covers. I like this new, I love the new cover. Mm. Absolutely love the new cover. I yeah, like its yeah, simplicity. Okay. It's simple. It's striking. The colours are gorgeous. It will work great as a thumbnail. I love the little brush stroke detail and I know I thought it was an exclamation mark in the centre and later found out that it's not. Well, according to Lucy, it's not. It kind of looks a bit like an eye as well, doesn't it? Well, it's clearly a clock and that kind of, you know, three minutes to midnight thing. uh, I mean, it's not literally a hour because if it's a bit further on than an hour it's more like if, you're, if we're going to be pedantic about yes about half an hour until it's dark oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> yeah for, if you want to be pedantic about it uh, I don't mind it 
I really love it. I mean, hang on, I'm trying to, I forgot to pull up the picture of it. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Gorgeous. That's a big statement. I love, okay, I love colours. It's like a colour wheel. Well, I, I far be it for me to uh, uh, plug my own work, but my album covers, if you notice, have a nice rainbow colour scheme as well. Uh, yeah, I need to look at your album Black with rainbow Oh, I love, scheme. yeah, I love your colour scheme. On my album. I do. I, in band, general. Band, on Bandcamp, Mr. Biffo. In general, I love your colour schemes. When you did the video for Pie Vendors in the Night, with, which had like the hot pink and the black. It was just beautiful. And the other video with the, on the beach. Hubris. Yeah. Is it Hubris? Yeah. With the two people walking on the beach. The sad one. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. no, that was from, that was from something else. That's not on the album. I don't oh. think. Oh, I, the love the, I love the, the colours of that the as well. Of, the slightly more upbeat one with all the rainbow uh, filters on. Again, this is not a conversation anyone. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, in. we're getting distracted. You, you're Stay getting distracted and dragging me into it. Is what's happening? <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't take much to drag you into it. Uh, so it's it's hard because I don't I don't dislike it at all, and I quite like it. But I I suppose I feel album covers these days they're not what they once were for me. I used to love getting an album and studying that cover. Mm. Of course, as well, what we're gonna get. Yeah, all our Meridian friends who are just kind of going, ooh, it's really lazy, uh, is is all the artwork inside the booklet. Ooh. Because that's what they now do, is we don't just get the cover. I mean, the Marbles artwork in that booklet is some of my favourite. I mean, some of them I kind of went, oh, that would have made an even better cover. Right. Uh, the, but but it, detail on, a, on an album cover these days is a waste of time because yeah. you can't, you can't really study it very well. You can't zoom into it on a thumbnail. No. So it makes sense to save it for the booklet. Yeah, uh, that's that's clearly the, the route they're going and clearly the, the route that they have to go. But you look at... It was weird. I looked at um, other album covers on Apple Music of recent albums as well. And so many of them are just a simple thing. Like the new... Yeah, the new Marillion album cover doesn't look a million miles from the new Coldplay album cover mm. it's because they're all having to do the same thing they're all working within the same restrictions really yeah i never really look at album covers isn't that bad well there you go this is this don't, is we don't yeah. really pay attention to them but for me back in the day it mm. was an integral part of the experience that's and it was a big reason why i i became such a big meridian fan i know you don't like the mark wilkinson covers but I love studying them and I love looking for the meaning in them. And mm. now we've sort of lost that, really, that that part of the experience. And, you know, the album cover artwork that would, would evoke the, I guess the music it, within. It makes listening to a vinyl record a multi-sensory experience because you've got something to look at and study while you're listening to the music. There was something about vinyl. I know obviously vinyl's made a comeback. We haven't got a vinyl. Well, our daughter does. Yeah, but okay, she's got one of those little trendy hipster ones. It's not like a proper hi-fi setup. But for me... Okay, okay. She still uses it. All right, defensive. Jeez. (laughs) Uh, But back in the day, there was something almost sort of quasi-religious about... You know, putting that needle on the record and hearing that first little crackle, mm. and so you're right, it was multi-sensory. You know, mm. you had it was now it's 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 all ephemeral and mm. and devalued in a way, I think. 
music. Mm, possibly. Because uh, it's so, you know, it's so easy to access it. Yeah, and I suppose you don't even have the the sense of touch. You're not holding anything physical like you you have with a a vinyl record or yeah. even a CD. Yeah. So uh, I, for me, yeah, I think the cover kind of gets a thumbs up. Really, I don't dislike yeah, same. it. I it's love fine. It. It's fine. It's not their best, but you know, again, this is the era we're in, and we don't get to have uh, intricate cover artwork anymore. I mean, what Fish tends to do. Sorry to mention him. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> He's still part of the podcast theme. What Fish does is he tends to have that kind of intricate Mark Wilkinson artwork and then there's a kind of simplified version of it that he uses for the the actual sort of CD cover stroke thumbnail. Oh, interesting. So he tends to have two versions of the artwork. That's a good option. Yeah. That's actually a good kind of a good compromise. I'm really curious to know, this is this is really cheeky, but I'm really curious to know how much Mark Wilkinson gets paid for those covers because they're clearly a lot of work. Yes. And then you do look at the Meridian album cover and go, ah. Oh, uh, there's one way to find out. Well, ask him. Yeah. yeah. Ask him for a quote. Yeah. I have thought about getting Mark on for an interview. Yeah, do it. That'll be really interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, get you to interview him as you're No, fan. please. <laughs> it's better not to. <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, what else are we doing this week? We do have some leftover letters from Anarachnophobia, which I know we said we weren't going to do weeks worth of letters, but, but we uh, are. We are. I but- haven't edited these. I haven't even read them. So they're going to be a surprise to us just as much as they will be to our listeners. <laughs> okay, this bodes well. Well, I don't have read the first one because oh, the first you? one is a follow-up to a letter we read out from Mark Griffin on our last episode where we did letters 10 points to Gryffindor 10 points to Gryffindor so Mark uh, if you recall sent us a review by Jerry Ewing I'll start that again he sent us a review by Jerry Ewing he sent us a review by Jerry J.R. Ewing uh, of uh, latterly of Prog Magazine in which he slagged off a Marillion Anarachophobia to a concert and this Sanya looks really confused. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm st- I got stuck on you saying J.R. Ewing. Right. Where did you get the R from? J.R. Ewing from Dallas. Who shot oh, J.R.? Oh, because then I was wondering if people um, would, got his name wrong when they're reading it out and called him Junior Ewing. <laughs> what the hell? Would Junior Ewing please what? come to the information desk at the centre of the mall? If anyone would like Junior to send Ewing. an email explaining to me what the hell is currently going on, I'd really appreciate it. Just... <laughs> what is going on? Let's just continue. What are you going on about? <laughs> what the hell, Sanya? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Right, so what Mark found was in a subsequent classic rock magazine was a response from Steve Hogarth. We'll discuss whether that's a good thing to do when you've had a bad review or not. Okay. So H said, this was back in presumably 2000, 2000, 2001, something like that. Mm -hmm. So Jess got back from a short one-month tour 
of various parts of Western and Central Europe, so I didn't catch whichever issue of Classic Rock reviewed our Astoria gig, but someone emailed it to me. Sigh. Hand on heart, I can honestly say that our sold-out Astoria show on September the 10th was a joy throughout for all five of us. I've never seen a London audience react like it, either at a Marillion show or at any show I've attended in the capital. We'd like to thank everyone who came on the 10th and raised the roof. As a band, we're a bit picky and sometimes overcritical of our own performances, but everyone came off stage at the Astoria with the rare, warm feeling of knowing we'd all had a good one at once. It will stand out in my memory as the best London show we ever played. So it was beyond depressing and well into the realms of the bizarre to read Classic Rock's review. You were at the same gig, were you? Almost every facet of the review contradicts itself. Bog bad slash TSE good. Freeform bad slash Great Escape excellent. Show tedious, then lists almost the whole set as respite from the tedium. Well, it wasn't tedious from where I was standing. It was spiritual, intense and riotously received by the crowd. Yeah! That is what he wrote. Moving on to the personal slights and career advice. Why do you keep trying to portray our career as a downward spiral? My first ever show in England with Marillion in 1989 was a sellout. You guessed, at the Astoria. Now we appreciate you keeping the taxman off our backs, but CD and concert ticket sales are actually well up lately. We run one of the few genuinely successful internet music companies. We're back with EMI and we're firmly in control of our own destiny. I'm boring myself now. We made a good album, Hooray. We had a phenomenal response to every gig of the tour, Double Hooray. Astoria was a highlight, Cheers London. And for the record, the whole band wished Fish every success with his music and his life. But I have to point out to Classic Rock that the only time he ever enters our consciousness is when he calls up to find out what we're up to or when journalists carp on about him while talking about us. As for the desperate cash cow nostalgia trip reunion gig forget it we'd rather play the monarch next week for the crack i bet it'd be great and i bet you'd slag us off yours dazed exhausted and too resigned to be outraged steve hogarth now jerry ewing responded to that saying sadly it comes as no surprise that meridian continues to refuse to acknowledge anything approaching criticism i know that the review wasn't great but it was honest and I noticed that you failed to mention the fact that I point out how much I like the band. Likewise, I suppose you've never thanked Classic Rock for Philip Wilding's four-star review for Anarachnophobia, an album that's also in my top 20 for the year. There isn't an us-against-them attitude towards the band at Classic Rock. We just call it as we see it. What do you make of that, Sonia? I mean, it just sounds like H is hurt and, and exhausted. Yes. So that his emotional doorway was wide open instead of having a, a sort of a fence there to maybe stop him writing yeah, in. It does. He sounds uh, hurt. He sounds hurt. He sounds really hurt. I think from classic rock's point of view, it's a bit reaping what you sow, you know, from Marillion. Because, you know, we've documented on here a lot of the comments that were made in the press. We know... They put noses out of joint and with the anorachnophobia press release and blah, blah, blah. 
So I get their point of view of being a bit pissed off with Marillion, you know, denying their prog and then acting like a prog band. Mm. Um, And yeah, I also get age being hurt by that. You know, the constant fish references. I mean, you know, the fact that they're still going on now. Yeah. It's just, it's... It's so tedious. Um, But it is one of the rules. You don't complain about your reviews. It's You just don't do that. It's a bad But that's why I'm saying he was probably exhausted and overwhelmed and so he didn't have that filter on. It's easy to have a filter and just stop yourself replying when you're well-rested and in a great mood. But if if you've been touring and are exhausted and then have done your best and think that everything's gone well and then you get what you feel is an unfair review, your filter's going to be way weaker. Mm. Did I ever tell you about a certain friend of mine Mm. who writes books who uh, got a bad review Mm. and he... (laughs) He's so bad. Uh, He wrote to the reviewer pretending to be his own son saying (gasps) saying that uh, it upset his dad so much uh, that it ruined his summer. <laughs> what? No way. Yeah. That's so well, bad. at least H didn't do that. <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, yeah. It's really weird, isn't it? Uh, uh, because as a Meridian fan, I, I've been exhausted over the years. Oh, I got exhausted over the years by the grief they got. And on one hand, having done this podcast, I kind of go, well, some of it they brought upon themselves. And then there's a lot of it that they didn't deserve. Mm. It does seem now that we have generally come out the other side of that, broadly speaking, that they don't seem to get quite the level of grief that they used to get. Yeah, of course, some people still think Fish is in the band and that's all they remember and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure from H's point of view, it's just beyond tedious now. So from within the band, where they're trying to just do their thing and and just getting constant negativity, because it's that old thing of, you know, for, you, know you can get a hundred good reviews, but you remember the bad one. Yeah. It's the bad one that sticks. Why that is, I don't know. Maybe it's because... It's an evolutionary thing because it's like if you're out in the woods or the jungles hunting, the thing that you have to notice is the dangerous thing. Right, yeah. Because that's the thing that risks your life. There you go. Or the person, you know, in the village that is a risk to you is the one that you have to keep an eye on. Yeah. Because your life could have been at risk back in the day. Yeah. So I guess it's just stuck with us that criticisms tend to be highlighted more than compliments. Regardless, you shouldn't really respond to a bad review because it is only someone's opinion. I mean, you know, the Junior Ewing is right. Junior Ewing. (laughs) You called him JR. Um, Is right when he says he was just doing his job. (laughs) What's he meant to do? Well, yeah, exactly. And then to have someone complain about that. (laughs) I didn't like a thing, but you're wrong. (laughs) It is the critics who are wrong. And I don't think, and the, the sad thing is, I suppose, with it, and why it might have put Jerry Ewing's nose out of joint, is that Jerry Ewing clearly is a fan because he. Oh, yeah, I mean, he says know, so in his reply. Yeah. He's like, we love the band. And instead, the band, I mean, it may have gone in on some level because things did change. Mm. But that just sort of shows that there was a defensiveness there that the band, instead of going, hang on, maybe this guy's got some 
points because don't forget the the, the review by Junior Ewing wasn't uh, just about the gig. It was about everything else that Meridian was saying in the press and the right. way Meridian were acting. Yeah. It was clearly pissing off people like Jerry Ewing and myself at the time. Mm. And so the band really should have taken some of that on board, which I think they probably did, uh, instead of kind of lashing out and going, no, nah, we're perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're great. You're wrong. You're wrong. We've done nothing wrong. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Next letter. This is about anarachnophobia from Brendan Norrie. Yes. Nor- Norination Street. <laughs> Norination Street. I couldn't think of anything. Okay, better. yeah, that'll work. Okay, you've decided it worked after looking appalled at me. Well, I had to think about it. Mm. Brendan says, "Hi, Paul and Sanya. Greetings for your southernmost listener." Oh, great! I made a reference to a like very British soap opera, and of course, he's not even in <laughs> our oh, country. Yeah, you need to have you need to have more international references. Mm, that's fine. Norination country. Oh. Norination that doesn't country. even make sense. That's just you're just free forming yeah. words. Okay, now. I'm just gonna keep reading. Um I remember getting the email from the band with the pre order details and thought this seemed like a cool idea. I get to contribute to my fe- towards my favourite band recording a new album and I get my name in the credits. How cool is that? But I also like the idea of buying direct from the band rather than through a retailer. Taking a very simplistic view, I feel like I am paying the band directly to produce music that entertains me. At the time, I felt like I was involved in something new, providing the funds for my favourite band to record a new album and I would get a deluxe version with extra tracks and my name in the credits with all the other fans who had pre-ordered. Looking back, I'm glad I did as it does feel like I was part of something special and I think the subsequent album was indeed something special. I love it. To my ears, there is not a dud track on it. Even now, it feels like Marillion firing on all cylinders. I love the heaviness of the parts of it where Marillion seems to channel King Crimson from the early to mid-90s thrack period. I'm thinking Quartz and If My Heart Were a Ball especially. Two tracks that need to be played loud. I also adore Map of the World. What a song. My love for the song is all about context. When I was growing up here in New Zealand, I had a map of the world on my bedroom wall and spent a lot of time gazing at it, daydreaming where I was going to travel when I grew up. Being so far away from the rest of the world, this song really speaks to me because that was how I felt. I yearned to travel and to see the world. So it's a great song in my eyes. And while it is often dismissed as a simple pop song, for some people, the meaning of the words can be a lot deeper, and for me, it definitely is. Hopefully you get what I am on about here. It feels like H is channeling me and every other Kiwi slash Aussie who dreamt of travelling when they were growing up with this song. Anyway, that's all from me. Keep up the podcasts. Really loving working my way through my Marillion collection with you both and comparing my opinions with your thoughts. Kia kaha, Brendan Norrie. I yeah do you know what I mean obviously I didn't grow up with the song map of the world but I did grow up in Australia and I did love looking at through atlases and at maps and dreaming about traveling to other countries and thinking how lucky people in Europe were because you have so many countries so close to you 
Do you did you feel a long way from the rest of the yes. world? Yes, really? yeah, for sure. Because I couldn't just get on a plane, travel for an hour, or get on a train and be in a completely different country mm. like you can here. Did other parts of Australia feel like different countries almost? Do they have? Yeah, a... I mean, yes and no. I know technically your brain tells you that they're not. But experiencing them, and I've only ever went, I I grew up in Sydney Mm. and I only ever went to either Canberra or Queensland, which were out of state. And also like northern New South Wales. They were completely different to Sydney. So, yeah, it it was like being in a different country. Mm. But not quite the same cultural difference as in Europe where you get a different language Mm. completely different food yeah but I've always said I always felt culturally more similar to Europe than I do for instance America where we speak the same language yeah that's true for me culturally America is another planet yeah Europe and and then America each state is like a whole different country they're so different (laughs) from each other (sighs) why it's so sad about bloody Brexit and the like yeah. because I I saw myself as a European mm. uh, so did H so did H yes quite literally yeah that's a good joke you, that's, Thanks. Good, that's a deep reference I know we should do those albums Europeans maybe we will how we live right okay thank you Brendan for that the next uh, letter is from Ben Percy the train controller I'm sorry no the train the train. God, um, isn't there uh, a train? I'm sorry, that's a good one. Tra- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, normally we try to find something that's to do with their name. Yeah. <laughs> ben Percy, the cat. Isn't there, isn't there a train in Thomas the Tank Engine called Percy? Maybe, yeah. Or maybe he's your dad. Well, my dad's name is not Percy. But his middle name is. Okay, yeah, because my granddad's name was Percy. Right, okay, this is from my granddad, Ben Percy. Not the train. No. <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine. Ben I Percy, swear the was... wolf. <laughs> That's cool. Ben Percy, the toaster. No, the wolf is cool. The, the wolf. wolf is cool. Okay, this one's from the wolf. Really enjoying all the episodes after picking up around the clutching episode uh, and then every week since. Why are you not? Why are you not gone back? Go back, Ben, stroke granddad. Uh, wolf. wolf sorry the wolf stroke, stroke wolf granddad wolf great to hear differing views of the albums and related topics keep meaning to email but general faff and laziness prevents me but thought I had to bring this nugget in seeing as it's anarachnophobia specific back when anarach was released I was working for WH Smith in Wakefield running their music video and books department the glamour anyway every Friday we would get the new release albums and singles delivered the advertising and imagery that we would stick above the new releases and charts advertising usually some god-awful MOR or dance collection. However, this one week, the three-foot by two-foot cardboard sleeve was delivered, and on opening, I was flabbergasted to find our album of the week was Anarachnophobia. This may not mean much to anyone else, but I was somewhat giddy and immediately bagged the piece for myself to take home the following week. Oh, jealous. This then meant I was duly required to play the album at least twice a day for the week of its release, gracing the riding shopping centre in Wakefield with Marillion's latest opus. I suspect this hasn't happened since, 
But anyway, I think we got about half a dozen copies or so. I bought one and I think we sold three or four others. And the cardboard advertising came home with me and was displayed in our house for 10 years or so until we moved and it somehow got lost. Never sure when you need these emails in to get mentioned on the next episode, but hopefully this will make the first post bag for anorexophobia. Well, it made the second one, Grandad Wolf. Uh, anyway, look forward to the next episode. Blah, 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 blah. Less so the transatlantic one, but I will listen anyway. Oh. That keeps getting delayed because our friend Anthony keeps cancelling on us. Because of work reasons, not because he's cancelling. I, I never stated a reason. But it is because he's cancelling. That is, but he's cancelling yeah, but, for work reasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we know full well Anthony can't wait. So, you know, anyway, he's got he's got good reason. Thank you anyway for that. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Ben, that is cool. Did I ever tell you about when, um, being a nerdy Doctor Who geek, when Doctor Who, the movie with Paul McGann came out on VHS, uh, I somehow managed to, uh, I asked for the, uh, they had a display, a TARDIS-shaped display in an HMV near where I worked. Oh, right. Uh, what, out of cardboard? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Sort of, sort of, you know, five foot Oh, tall. nice. And I asked them, could I have that? <laughs> they gave it to me. Oh, um, and oh, I, that was um, always my dream to go to the cinema and ask for one of the posters, but I was never brave enough. But I, uh, it was the week that, that John Pertwee died that that came out, if I remember. And I had to take it back to work in my lunch break. And I passed a, a, one of my colleagues coming out and she said to me, oh, what's that you've got there? And I said, it, it's... John Pertwee's coffin. <laughs> <laughs> she just gave me this look, and I just thought, I misjudged that. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Aww. Next letter. Is from Simon Lee Trantar. SLT. SLT. And he says, keeping this one brief, anarachnophobia, it's rather good. Okay, bye. <laughs> Maybe I should elaborate at least a little. Definitely a big step up from the castle years. There are still remnants of the wannabe crowded house and U2 sound, but it feels less blatant. Yeah, I agree with that. The only track I don't care for is Fruit of the Wild Rose. It feels rather meandering and directionless. I know a lot of Marillion tracks grow out of jamming, but this sounds like a bluesy jam that's been left unrefined. H's lyrics are a little bit cringe too. I bet he wrote them while sitting in a cafe thinking about sex. (laughs) Yeah, I bet he did. That's horrible, isn't it? Who sits there? Oh, you're genuinely disgusted. Bit. That's really creepy. Why? Well, I don't... If I'm in a cafe, I'm only thinking about, oh... Oh, yes. I'm having a nice sandwich. Oh, this is a nice He sandwich. was remembering his summertime. It's the thought of someone on his, his own thinking like, oh, fling. sex. Oh, <laughs> I tell you. Oh, sex. Yes, yeah, sex is good. That wild rose. Ugh. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Just... <laughs> mm, sex. <laughs> mm, oh, sex. <laughs> he does mention a coffee shop in it, though, doesn't he? Or walking past Are you Are shop? you thinking of Enlightened on uh, .com? I don't know what I'm thinking about. I thought I thought he mentioned. Anyway, sitting in Starbucks, thinking about sex. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next. It's on the next album. Um, I've tried listening to the album with Wild Rose cut out, and it flows much better to my ears, oh. making it less saggy in the middle. 
I also think the album should close with This is the 21st Century because If My Heart Were a Ball is a good track but perhaps a little long and it doesn't sit well as an album closer. Trimmed down, it would have made a fine replacement for Wild Rose or as a penultimate track. Overall, strong album. It's genuinely great to hear the band getting their mojo back and finding their marbles. Warm regards and best wishes, Simon. I agree that the placement of If My Heart Were a Ball is in the... It, it, it sort of brought the album down a little bit for me. Cause well, just because you don't like it. So Partly, but <laughs> you wouldn't like it in any placement. Well, hang on, it grew on me a bit. Don't forget. But I just think it's a very aggressive way to end an album. Mm. What would you have had as the album closer? I don't think this is the 21st century work for me. What we didn't talk about when we were talking about the new album cover was the bit of music that, that accompanied it. Oh, yes. That accompanied the reveal. Yes, just the Care. snippet. Uh, oh, it's from Care? Yeah. Has that been uh, verified? At, very strongly hinted at. It sounded like a classic Rother solo with a reprise of the line An Hour Before It's Dark, mm-hmm. suggesting a little bit of a... a uh, What's the word? Concept, Concept or, or through line. Uh, and uh, some very funky drumming, bass and guitar, which, funny enough, I thought, oh, that's a little bit anamacnophobia-y. And in fact, anamacnophobia-ish. Anamacnophobia-ish. Yeah, it just had that funkiness. Uh, while, and drum machine in there as well very evident drum machine so what i heard i thought yep this is gonna be a good one and again it was quite up tempo up tempo but it sounded like marillion it did sound very it was had a very vibrant sound yes it did and i thought it sounded amazing can't wait no nor me i think it's i think we're in for a, a good album it bodes well doesn't it yeah so, next letter, finally, our friend Matthias from Sweden. Yes. I don't think we've ever given Matthias uh, a name, a, a nickname. Yeah, because he's got Matthias from speaks from Sweden. What do you mean? That's who he is. That's not a nickname, is it? What nickname would you like to give Matthias? Memory foam. <laughs> what? Why? Mattress from Sweden. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Oh, Sanya's gone. <laughs> oh, dear. So, Matt, Mattress says, Memory Foam says. <laughs> so, you can't call someone Mattress. How would you like it if someone, you wrote in to a podcast and signed the email Paul Rose and then someone decided to call you Pokeball Rose. Pokeball? Pokeball. Paul Rose, Pokeball. It really doesn't work. That's what I'd say. I'd say that doesn't work as a pun. <laughs> it doesn't work, does it? Think about, about pole. It. Pole. Okay, all right. Good on you. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, and I know, I know for a fact that the memory foam is, himself is laughing right now. <laughs> oh, God. At his new nickname. That he's, I'll he's... just give myself a nickname <laughs> so it's fair. A sandwich or Sanger, which I've had all my life. Oh, well, I'm Pokeball. Or, or Sanyo or Sony. There you go. Right. Okay. Memory Foam is, is so in love with his new nickname that he's 
clapping his hands and stamping his feet and marching around his living room going whoop whoop <laughs> oh, I've got light headed that's what you that's what you get that's what you get right uh he says I will try to obey orders and keep this short oh god we've turned into fascists <laughs> no um, you have <laughs> You're the one that wants the short emails. And then you end up like just disregarding your own rules. We're not reading out all the emails. We end up reading out all the emails. Well, I'm uh, going to edit the emails and cut them down to the main points. Doesn't just read out the whole thing anyway. Well, look, the issue is, the issue is, but let's blame our friend Pedantony, right? Because Why is it his fault? Because he always goes, oh, the only podcast that's dedicated to anime in favour or brave or whatever, just because we had a lot of weeks worth of letters. Yeah, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of being the only podcast that's dedicated to anarachnophobia or brave. And so I've got his whinging sarcasm. Wow, he's not even here to defend himself. He will be. He will be. (laughs) I hope he's taking notes so he can. He's got all his comebacks ready. Yeah. He gets as good as he gets. So uh, Matthias Stroke Memory Foam says this is a great album. I will always be close. It will always be close to me because it was the one that brought me back after the castle years. It sounds convincing. The songwriting is great and the production is fantastic. They really do something completely new without losing their DNA. Yes. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Their DNA. Yes, it is. The most important difference for me, though, is that H rediscovered his ability to write great emotional vocal melodies. My favourites on the album are When I Meet God, Quartz and This Is the 21st Century. Fruit of the Wild Rose is probably one of the most underrated songs they've ever done, which I agree with, having had that now grow on me, having Mm. previously skipped (laughs) for years. I still struggle a bit with the funky bits, but the chorus is fantastic, and the section after As England Faces the Winter is just Meridian at their best. Totally agree, Matthias. Separated Out is the weakest song for me. Agreed. Uh, It is better live, but the song I often skip. I agree. I could agree with Paul that some of the songs could have been a bit shorter, but I can live with that. It's not up among the very best Meridian albums, but it's probably in the top half. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on Marbles. Take care. Thank you, Matthias. Sorry about the nickname. It's just what I do. That point about their DNA is why I think that the new preview track... I keep wanting to call it Don't Hurt Yourself, Be Hard On Yourself, mm. is why Be Hard On Yourself works, because it's, it's they hold on to who they are while, yeah. while exploring... I don't even know if they really explore anything new in that song, and I don't mean that as a criticism. They're just very true to themselves. Mm. Certainly. But it doesn't sound like any other of their songs. No, no. So I get what you mean by their exploring new sounds, and yet they're staying true to their the DNA of their sound. And sometimes I think they've in the those castle years and at other points they they let themselves get swept away by influences by sounding like other people. Mm. And Afraid of Starlight is a good example of an album that I think does bring in outside influences while also sounding very Marillion. Yeah, I think Cannibal Surf Babe, Beyond You, King even, all managed to successfully sound like Marillion while also sounding like they're evoking other things. Yeah, I don't know. Cannibal Surf Babe is probably the most different 
Mm. The least Marilliany of those. Probably, but I kind of still see that. If they played that alongside Incommunicado, I'd go, yeah. Mm. Possibly, yeah. Uh, yeah. Possibly, don't agree with me. I've just realised you're wearing that horrible wig. <laughs> <laughs> this morning I thought... <laughs> Okay, this is really weird. So um, I was listening to Spotify while I was doing my exercise and I've noticed that, I don't know if they used to do it before, but I would never look at it. Um, They have the videos when they play the songs and a song by The Cure came on and the guy had sort of short, wild black hair. And then I thought to myself, I bet Paul would look good if he dyed his hair black. If you wanted to like go gothic or something for a bit and just... And then I thought, well, we could always even spray it with spray black to wow. see what it looked like. But seeing you in this wig now, <laughs> I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. <laughs> I'm going to leave this entire exchange in. Oh, because people love it when we <laughs> we waffle for like <laughs> 10 minutes. Yeah, someone did complain about that on our, because uh, I posted in Marillion and Fans the, uh, the link to the Lucy, which I have to say... I don't think any post in Marillion and Fans has ever had quite as many likes as that post did. So oh, wow. it just shows you how loved sort of Lucy is yeah. amongst the fan base. Well, she's great at engaging with the fans she's and at it. connecting with them and connecting yeah. them to each other and giving that whole sense of community and family. Even her dad listened to it. I know. <laughs> That's so cute. He had some really sweet things to say about it as well. Aww. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, but someone did complain. Oh, I didn't like the th- I gave up after three minutes of waffle at the beginning. A twat. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we do on this podcast, is we waffle. Hence, we're waffling right now about my cool wig that I'm wearing. I mean, maybe it would work better if I couldn't see all your hair <laughs> underneath it. If it was, if your hair was tucked in. People are just thinking, what is going on? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I guess they're not... What's going on? Like, I've started to wear a wig in the middle of the podcast. forget people can't see what's happening. (laughs) I don't know what sort of wig it is. Why are you you wearing a wig all of a sudden? (laughs) What else was I going to say about that when we posted in there? Yeah, loads of lovely comments. Our friend Mark Paling. Did, did say you had to get the whole band on because he's a sod because he because <laughs> he's a sod and then Lucy liked that comment so I don't know I'm thinking maybe around the time of an hour before it's dark which I'll, is I'll ask Luke now Mom, no it's not now is it it's not well it's running Feb. up to now isn't it oh, Feb I'll ask Lucy after Christmas if she mm. can uh, sort that out well you what the whole band at the same time no that'll be chaos i'd like to do i think i think doing uh, a series of with all of them yeah would be amazing that would be really interesting yeah yeah i just want to ask things they don't normally get asked yeah see, see what we can bring out of them hmm. yeah lead up to h you know start with the lesser members <laughs> That's a joke, obviously. Obviously, that's a joke, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> now none of them are coming. None of them reply to your message. In, in order of importance, list the members of Meridian Go. I'm not falling. For that. <laughs> <laughs> who's not... at the bo- Who's at the bottom? 
I'm not falling for that. You tell me. No, you can't. They're all equally important. Exactly. Uh, All right, the next letter then. The next letter is from Niels in the Netherlands. Wait, do you say in the Netherlands or from the Netherlands? Well, is that is, you've written at the top of the page in the Netherlands. <laughs> yeah, but well, as I wrote it, I, I thought to myself, do I write in the Netherlands or from he the Netherlands? He probably is in the Netherlands and he was writing from the Netherlands. True. <laughs> there we go. Yes, yeah, good song that, that Meridian did, isn't it? Netherland. <laughs> <laughs> I always think that. No, I don't always think it. I often think that. I wonder if they've ever made that joke. I mean... Never, 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 land, 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 land. He should, when when we're in the Netherlands. Yeah, he should sing Netherlands. He should sing, he, yeah, he should change it. Mm. All right, Nils, anyway. we haven't come up with a name for Nils. Um, Knees. That's obvious. Okay, Nils, rhymes with feels, he, he's written. Yes. Nils, rhymes with feels, rhymes with pills. Rhymes with deals, deal pickle, pickles. Right, okay, that's this letter. Pickles, from, this all letter right. From pickles. <laughs> pickles says, I've been enjoying your work on the podcast and going back on the Marillion journey with you. Cheers. I'm a relatively young Marillion fan, having first seen the band at the age of eight on the TSE tour. Wow. They were my favourite band throughout my entire childhood which would have absolutely destroyed my social standing at school if any of my fellow (laughs) kids in the late 90s actually knew who Marillion were. Popular music of both the mainstream and the... Oh, goodness. What did you call him? What did you call him? No, him. Sanya. I was trying to say mainstream and the counter-cultural variety. You've language like that on our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I was saying counter-cultural variety let me start the sentence again (laughs) popular music of both the mainstream and the counter-cultural variety never clicked with me but marillion felt like home from the first listen my fiery passion for the band truly developed around the anorak slash marbles period when it really felt like they were the most exciting band in the world even if the kids at school were less than impressed by marillion's music the story of them dropping the hatred, hated record label and funding their albums by pre-sales certainly dropped some jaws. Be- being a Marillion fan helped me shape my sense of identity. Much like the band, I was never cool, try as I might, but as the band found their stride at this point in their life again, so did I, as I realised that being yourself and playing to your strengths pays much more in the end than trying to pretend to be something you're not. That said, I was lukewarm on anarachnophobia at first. Even with Dave Megan's lush production, the album has a lot of rough, sharp edges and the songs go on a bit too long. It always felt like the odd one out in the Megan canon, with the rest of his albums with Marillion masterpieces all, and this one more of a mixed bag. Quartz... When I Meet God and Fruit of the Wild Rose were immediate favourites. The rest of the album took years for it to grow on me. Now I feel more that it stands next to Brave, Afraid of Sunlight and Marbles as a Marillion classic, rather than just the warm-up to Marbles as it's often seen as. If My Heart Were a Ball, in particular, has risen considerably in my esteem. I thought initially it was just a lot of ugly noise. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like cathedral wall. Um, uh-huh. now you like If My Heart Were a Ball? Yeah, no, I like... Why are you No, because Ugly Noise was such a good description for cathedral wall. Okay. Um, now, especially after having seen it live, I love its scream of emotions, its creepy atmosphere and the callback to Chelsea Monday and the way the word salad at the end ties a bow around the album. The line that gets me is, did you give up and discover that you haven't given up? Which reminds me of waking up from a nightmare in which you are sure you are going to die. Chilling stuff. The whole song works on both a literal and metaphorical level. So no, it's not a steamer. The band does not make steamers. It does. <laughs> Paul! It has. Well, yeah, that one. There was that one particular steamer. I haven't got to most toys yet. No, I haven't listened to most toys yet. Nevertheless, Anorak is somewhat overshadowed by what came next. So I'll weigh in again then. Please say nice things about Transatlantic. Keep up the good week. <laughs> Best wishes, Niels. Thank you, Pickles. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I can promise that we'll say nice things about Transatlantic, but our friend Padangeny will. I'll say some nice things. Yeah. I'll say some nice things. Okay. All right. Next letter, penultimate letter of the week. Yes. It's from our good friend, Regis, the wicked pisser. Wicked, wicked, wicked pisser. Wait. Wicked, wicked, wicked Okay, you're doing a urination noise? That <laughs> okay, maybe don't and put that in And you also spat then when you laughed. God, it's all coming, it's crashing for... <laughs> down around me. The, the threads are unravelling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big dribble on your chin. Right, so Regis says, Greetings to my favourite podcast couple. Aww. Aww. Fugazi has always been a favourite album of mine. Cole, oh, this is about Fugazi, it sounds like it. Yeah, it's not Anorak, this one. Regis, by the way, I know I owe you probably, I won't have got round to it by the time uh, this goes out. I, I know I owe you a reply to messages on Facebook. Same weird has happened to my Facebook messages. Yeah, you can never log in. Well, it's always logging you out. Well, it's not only that, but when I do get in there, yeah, I'll show you it. The messages are reduced to like half a line. So I have to scroll up and I have to see half <laughs> of the text. Maybe the try um, uninstalling it and reinstalling it. This is not. It. This is just on the website. We'll get the app. So really weird has happened to it. Get the messenger oh, app. Okay, sorry. So that Regis, that's part of the reason. Also, I get quite a lot of messages in lots of different places and I get a bit overwhelmed. You times. do, that's and true. I'm currently a bit overwhelmed with messages. There's a lot on Twitter as well that I'm behind with and... YouTube. You're a popular guy. Yeah, seems like it. Uh, Regis says, Great is my favourite podcast couple. Ah, F- Fugazi has always been a favourite album of mine. Cold, clinical, sharp and intense. I decided to play each song side by side, old and remixed to hear the difference. It's about the deluxe The remaster. Edition. For the record, I'm a headphone guy. Weststone W60 earbuds and a topping upper end combo DAC slash headphone amplifier. Don't know what any of that means. I download all the music I can in lossless and high res lossless. Fugazi is a high res download. To be blunt, I was absolutely freaking blown away at Steve Wilson's renovation of this album. Wait a minute, he didn't do Fugazi. Did he not? No. Who did Fugazi? Uh, was it Avril McIntosh and that other fella? 
Anyway, I'm glad you like it, Regis, but it wasn't. This one wasn't Stephen Wilson. He is an awesome architect of sound renovation. He is, but he didn't do this one. He has tinkered with bits and pieces here and there. He hasn't, but uh, <laughs> omitting some vocals and changing the staging of many instruments, bringing some forward and setting some back. Ian's drumming is more powerful, and Pete's bass is also much better represented and is excellent, which it is. It's that's what stood out on the album was the drumming and the bass. All in all, everything is better and immersive. Much wider and deeper soundstage, more fullness to the notes and the tones, which are still on the higher side. That's why it sounded so cold. Wilson is a genius and he must be a fan of this album and already knew what to move around and fix. Again, maybe he did, but he didn't do this. The remix is unreal. My two cents for what it's worth. Regards, Regis. Thank you. I'm going to look up West Stone W60 earbuds, even oh, though I'm quite happy with my earbuds beats. at the moment. When did you buy They're those? Good. I noticed you bought those. They must have cost a bit. I only noticed the other no, day. They, well, they were about 50 quid, but they were worth it because the other ones I had were terrible. Oh, yesterday the ones you dropped in, some, in a drink. Is that what happened? I don't know. You got them wet. Well, they went in the washing machine. I think they accidentally went in the washing machine. But they're really good and I need to have good ones so I can hear yes, the details in the music. That's quite cheap for headphones. Uh, yeah, I thought that was quite a good price for ear- earbuds. Yes, Beats as well. Where you're well, Apple, Apple ear things are like 120 or Ridiculous something, aren't they? expensive. But they are meant to be quite good quality. Are they? The microphone on them is really good quality uh, as well. It? Yeah. Cool. But... um. That's not why people are listening. Well, they've had episodes of Corona Diaries because uh, Ant Shaw is a, that's his thing. Oh, ew, right. What, that, where he talked about microphones yeah. and headphones. Yeah. Oh, I would have listened to that if I knew which one it was. Well, go back, have a look. Is that what the title of the headphone is? Is, what is the, that what the title of the headphone is? Is, is? is that what the title of the episode is? Is what the title of the episode, dear? <laughs> I don't know. My- <laughs> Micro- is what the title of the Microphones episode? Microphones and headphones. No, that might be what it's called. Oh, anyway. Okay. <laughs> Fine. But I, yeah, if my ones ever break, I'll look up West Stone W60. Okay. Thank you, Regis. So thank you, Regis. Although I am very happy with my ones. Oh, wicked pisser. Our final letter is from our good, other good friend. We've got lots of good friends. Everyone's a good friend of the podcast. Uh, Pete Pajamas. By the way, Pete, thank you for backing our Kickstarter. I saw your name in there. Oh, that's also wow. thanks to our mate uh, Anthony and uh, Pedantony and Mark. I don't know if any of the our other mates backed our Kickstarter. Oh, that's really sweet. But I saw that Pete did. I just saw his name in there. I'm assuming it's that Pete. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, uh, anyway, thank you. do you want to read Pete's letter? Yes. As promised, here is a copy of Experiment with Gas, Purple, and other stuff I found I had burned to CD from that era. I think you'll file them in the listen once and then delete category. Thank you for this, Pete. I've not listened to them yet, but I think we're going to have a listen to them before next week's episode because we've still got some anorantophobia loose ends to tie up. Yes. Number one, the Mark oh, Kelly remix yes. of Between You and Me, good name for podcast, uh, and these I think I'd like to have a listen to. Um, so next week will be a bit of a grab bag. And again. then we'll talk about them next week. Odds and sods, yeah. However, my favourite thing I found whilst rummaging is the Word Doc. It's copies of conversations that I obviously found vaguely interesting that were posted on the Freaks Forum. 
There are only two posts in there. <laughs> One was from Lucy wondering if there were enough people out there who'd who owned DVD players to make it worth the effort to release stuff on DVD instead of VHS. Wow. That's great enough in itself. And the other is from a certain Mr. Rose asking people to watch his new TV pilot. Cringe. Because if it got commissioned, then there may be enough cash to use Cannibal Surf Babe as the theme music instead of the knockoff version that you use in the pilot. Interestingly, I do recall making an effort to watch the show, though have no recollection of it whatsoever. Make of that what you will. Sorry, I'd be interested to hear the theme tune, though. Well, uh, yes, well, cringe for a start. I remember writing that because the theme music, I played it to the producers. It was an animated pilot for Channel 4, part of their comedy lab strand called and it was called knife and wife which sounds a bit dodgy but it was it was uh about a chicken uh who was married to uh a a human no the night chicken was called knife oh yeah yeah it was only called that because it rhymed it wasn't very good it had an amazing voice cast like an amazing voice cast but uh it was like the first thing i ever had on tv or something like that and um i didn't really know what i was doing i mean the animation was good uh, by Serial in Wales. Uh, and, I mean, we had the voice cast, I mean, for the first thing I ever had made. I mean, Terry Jones from Monty Python, who was lovely. That's amazing. Uh, Paul Partner, Kevin Eldon, uh, Jessica Hines. Um, she called that anyway. Jess- she was Jessica Stevenson back then, Jessica Hines. Uh, Brian Murphy from George and Mildred. Uh, wow, just like, that's a phenomenal cast. Yeah, it's a bonkers cast. Uh, so um, yeah and they all said yes mainly because Terry Jones read the script and said yeah I'll do it <laughs> all the others were like we want to work with, with Terry Jones uh, but as I say it wasn't very good you might be able to find it on YouTube Knife and Wife where you can hear the, the theme music but the theme music I wanted I said I, we had this this uh, the guy that did the music and I played him Cannibal Surf Babe and said, I want it to sound like this. It didn't cross my mind that there may be a possibility that we could have used Cannibal Surf Babe. Uh, and after I posted that, I remember Lucy saying, uh, oh, if you'd have asked us, you could have had it. Oh. Uh, we'd have sorted it out for you. Um, I could have what? had Cannibal Surf Babe on one of my episodes well, or something. keep it in mind for future yeah. projects. The, uh, the, the version of the theme music, which did sound a little bit, Cannibal Surf Baby-ish, but like very watered down. It wasn't, again, that was disappointing. Anyway, anyway, you can go and watch it. It's it's crap. Um, that's, that was all down to that's me. That's being very harsh. Well, it was. I mean, look, come on, this was, what, thir- 20-odd years ago, 20-something mm. years ago. I, I've got better as a writer since then. I'm allowed to say my early stuff was crap. I mean, it would be weird if it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, it couldn't be that crap if... Terry Jones was happy to work on it. Well, maybe not, but also it was it was crap enough that it didn't get commissioned as a series. Oh. <laughs> it was just weird. It didn't know what it wanted to be. It was odd. It was an odd odd show. Uh, anyway, well, that brings us to an end this week. Uh, not it totally does. sure what we're doing next week because Anthony keeps cancelling on us. Uh, so. Well, you said we're <laughs> looking at Pete Pajamas... Um, files. Files. We're listening to one. No, number one. Oh, sorry. We're listening to number one and we're listening to Mark Kelly's remix of 
between you and moi. Yeah, we'll see if that's enough for a whole episode. Maybe other stuff will happen. Yeah. Maybe we'll have more releases or teasers out from the band. Mm, maybe. Maybe. So. Right, everyone. Uh, you can go support us on Patreon if you want. www.patreon.com slash Biffo. You could send us an email about uh, if any of you went to the first Meridian Weekend at Breen Sands. Because we're going to be doing a Meridian Weekend, a couple of Meridian Weekend episodes to, you know, to mark the uh, starting anniversary. But it's because we've to come to that in the t- timeline. Yes. So if you want to send us an email about that first Meridian Weekend, uh, you can email us beampod at gmail.com. Uh, subscribe, tell people about us. That's the biggest thing, even though we had a massive week last week, thanks to the Lucy interview. Um, just keep telling people uh, that we're around because uh, a lot of people, I think. Especially uh, if they're like waffling. If, if they don't like waffling, don't tell them about us. Yeah, but don't. If they love it, they live if they for love, waffle. If they live for waffling and Marillion, they'll yeah. love this podcast. They'll be like overjoyed. Uh, yeah, and I, but a lot of people were still, uh, or a lot of people, several people did comment like, oh, I've never listened to you before. I didn't know you existed. So there's a lot of Marillion fans out there who don't know about us, ah. who would have their lives improved immeasurably by knowing that we existed. Yes. Yes. Right. I'm off to have my lunch. Oh, that's exciting. Mm. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.